living a dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put them on me, put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Live from a beautiful day in Southern California, it's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and I'm here with you and for you. And I'm here with my brother from the same mother, Terry Miller, known as the Icons with the broken ankle. Icons with a Z, what happened? <laughs> Do you need a recap already? I just want to know. I mean, we're a week into. I want to know are you. Uh, have, what kind of protocol are we on? We need uh, to know. I'm in a boot. You in their fantasy lineup? They Take want me to make out. sure that you're okay. Take, Take me out. out. You're unavailable. <laughs> Take me out. <laughs> yeah, so you don't got it. Huh? I don't got it. I'm down for six, six weeks, six to seven weeks, uh, with a fracture in the ankle and a high high ankle sprain. Ooh, a two piece. Two piece. How many fractures? Two. Two fractures in the ankle. One of them healed already. Uh huh. Wow. All that to beat up brush out. <laughs> it had to be done. <laughs> did you get the block? I didn't I get it. Off. You did not get it? I, I wouldn't be able to tell you either way. I was I crumbled. <laughs> I, I crumbled. <laughs> I, I folded. Uh, I was like a tent. I was like I was on bivouac. Ah, uh, I hate to hear it. Well uh, he, he didn't make the shot though, I don't think. <laughs> what I do want to say is we want to recap uh, the NFL's playoffs from last weekend and tell you if our predictions were right or wrong and talk about what's going on this weekend. We got boxing to cover. Major League Baseball hot stove is heating up. We have a couple record deals that took place. Uh, but let's start out in the world of boxing. Not much boxing took place last weekend. Nothing of note, but it's fired back up for the first weekend in 2020. And we're starting off with what many believe to be the pound for pound best female boxer in the world in Clarissa Shields. Uh, versus Ivana Habazin, and it's going down tonight. Uh, it's hard to bet against Clarissa Shields. She see she has more aggression. She what she lacks in the raw skill, she makes up for in raw power. Have you, are you familiar with Habazin's work? I'm not, but I, I liked her highlights. But I, you know, hopefully we'll start off with a with a surprise uh, winner. Who you never know. I mean, uh, not a surprise winner, but a surprisingly good fight. Women's fight needs, in my opinion, more action. And you need more spectacular knockouts and to, to really bring women's boxing to the forefront. Uh, I think that's what, you, what it's going to take. We have uh, Golden Boy hopeful champion uh, Jaime Munguia is meeting up with Spike O'Sullivan on the zone in San Antonio. Now, I have to say, I watched Spike O'Sullivan for a while and he had some wonderful fights where he didn't win, but he put together wonderful displays of his ability. Mm-hmm. Then... At that Triple G Canelo rematch, he was on the undercard, and he got knocked out in the first round, and I don't know anything about Spike since. I don't know what happened in that fight, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't I don't understand what happened to his skill set, but I always felt like Spike O'Sullivan was the type of guy that they just used to get him, to get other fighters prepared. It and is, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like they're doing with Jaime Munguia. He's a, he's a you know... I don't know if you can call him a journeyman. It, that's what it seems like at this point. You could you could tag him with the journeyman status. Yeah, but he's just a guy that they basically put in the ring so you can get tuned up. He ain't get tuned up you, by you me. You get tied up. <laughs> but, but you get tuned up. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days we're going to release a fantastic interview that we did with Evander Holyfield, Riddick Bo. It was a... <laughs> It, it was like this, Bo. It wasn't like this, child. <laughs> it was a very, very insightful interview when you could actually get these two dudes to talk about what you're talking to them about as opposed to them talking about fighting each other. <laughs> again. And again. <laughs> and again. And again. In slow motion. 
So yeah, that, that's the uh, the majority of the action. We also had some off the ring uh, action with Josh Taylor, who came off of his uh, surprise for many victory over Regis Progre, and he's having a problem with his promotional company. And he was try- said he's trying to keep it all internal, but since they're speaking about it in the public, he felt the need to speak about it. It just never ceases to amaze me how many promotional problems that there are in boxing. I mean, it's a dirty industry. We we know that off the top. It's very, you know, a la the record label, uh, the record industry mm-hmm. in its dirtiness. But every single year, you have multiple fighters with problems with multiple promotion companies. And they're talking about, you know, taking 20, 30, 40 percent of these boxers' purses. I honestly feel like these boxers need somebody who's like a... A, f- a family friend, a confidant, or something to speak on their behalf. When a lot of times I know that th- with the the business side of it, but you're asking a guy to do business who just got his brains beat in. So right. you you need somebody on the sideline who maybe who has his best interests at heart and can say, hey, you know, wh- maybe we should think about this or maybe we should think about that or lean it this way or that way because we know who who the promotions are. You know, they're they're in it for themselves most of the time. Right. So we. I don't like to see the fighters actually trying to do business most of the time. I know that they need to, but unless you're like a Floyd Mayweather type of guy who actually went around and, you know, manicured his his fights in a in a sense. And once he got to a certain point. Yeah, once he got to a certain point. But most of the time the guys have already taken so much damage that I wouldn't put it in their hands to make a good decision as far as promotion or whatever. Right. So in this situation with Josh Taylor, if he has his fact, mental faculties around it, surrounded, you know, got him, then he should basically, you know, we have your mental faculties surrounded. Come out. <laughs> Go inside. I'm sorry. <laughs> Throw the uppercut. <laughs> now, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, you bring up a good point, which kind of goes back to our running theme, which is the boxers need a union. And all of these sanctioning bodies either should do the right thing and come together and figure out some way to get a boxers union. Uh, it's not in the promoter's best interest because the promoters pull the strings all the time. And it's all a leverage game. It's the politics and the leverage of what it is that they can do. Yeah. To Which make is basically sure. manipulation. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So and, and so, like I said, we're asking fighters literally who just, you know, who, who have some form of CTE or something to make decisions. And it's hard for them to do, not to knock them because this is what they signed up for. But they've been in battles and wars, and a lot of them won't be able to make good decisions, sound decisions, without without a little help. So when it comes to him trying to do something internal and keep all the information and in their conversations internal, there's power in social ransom. And I think that, that he might be caught up in some of that. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to see. And the judges and the courts have a, you know, they have a say in it as well. So this is uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's just a quick note on boxing, getting the year started. It's a, it's going to be a fantastic first quarter. We got a lot of fights all being, uh, anchored by the major, major bout, the rematch, the most anticipated rematch in boxing, I would say, uh, which is Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury having a bit of fun on Instagram. If you want to see something inspirational, motivational and aspirational, take a trip over to Tyson Fury's Instagram because he's always talking about a combination of, his cocaine use, alcohol use, weight loss, overcoming, being the lineal champion, and lounging out in speedos, <laughs> uh, in, in a bath, in a hot tub, enjoying life, living good. So not mad at the guy. Um, but we got that. We got uh, Garcia. We got Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas, which may be a better fight than expected because Jesse is at one forty-seven, and Mikey just refuses to go back down to one forty. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I expect. Do you think that he might have a problem making weight now? 
Maybe. I mean, he lost that period. I think it was three years to, to you know, all promotional problems. So who knows whether or not that's a that's a factor? I think he just thinks that there's more money up. You know, and I, I think that he is the money, but it, I think he's the money too. Uh, he's a walking economy. But the problem is that, to me, when you start sitting at a specific weight, it's that much more harder to lose it. You know what I'm saying? And to fight comfortably at that weight. Now he he jumped leaps and moons trying to get to the. Pinnacle, yeah, he yeah. went. He went up there, and then he, he went up and, and then he went fight in the world. <laughs> then he went and fought the pound for pound, you know. So, I mean, he got a shutout, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him. You know, it, it's it should be a good fight. It should be comp- competitive. Interesting. And uh, next weekend, actually, J Rock Julian Williams is back in J Rock, and I'm, I'm very his fight with uh, Jared Hurd last year was candidate for fight of the year for me. I always had a problem with Jared Hurd. I, I told you before, he gets hit too much. And he's fine with getting hit. Yeah. In that fight we went to watch when he was on the undercard yeah. Henry Wilder, he, that little guy punished him for a little while and then he came back and beat him down. Too much yeah. punishment. <laughs> too much punishment, job. <laughs> we got a lot going down. Gonna move on because it's the high season for the NFL right now. And honestly, last week there was. Do we good, need to test you? Bad high season. It was ugly. No, 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 not me. I'm not in the NFL. I got a bum knee. Okay, Charles. Uh, <laughs> it's just amazing to me, folks. You guys showed me so much love when the Rams were winning, and now as the Rams fake GM, I get nothing but calls for my resignation. <laughs> I've had some death threats. Uh, people protesting my house. What's going on here? I thought you guys had a love for the kid. No love for Charles Green. No. I can only imagine what Les need the real Rams GM, really goes through. Uh, but let's talk about last week's football. As stated by Trucker Dave, the New England Patriots went down in flames, and it was ugly. It was ugly. I mean, the game, in theory, was closer uh, than the final score indicated. Because it was close the whole game. and But you never felt like the Patriots. The Patriots had, you know, they turned the tide for a little while. But I felt like for the most part of the game, the momentum was with the Titans. And they had control. You know, as a testament to Vrabel, he stuck with the script. Almost. He, well, yeah. I said for about three quarters, he stuck with it. And yeah. then he got a little comfortable. And, and then the Patriots started coming back. And then he went back to the script. And the script is give the ball to the 6'3", 250-pound back. And honestly, that same man can give a lot of problems to, to everybody, to everybody, to the Baltimore Ravens that they're facing this weekend and everybody. Well, I've had a lot of discussion with people about the Baltimore Ravens because I've always been a Ravens fan, but they're in trouble if he sticks to the script. If this guy touches the ball 30 to 34 times like he did against the Patriots, the Ravens are in trouble. You can't have your offense on the field. That that high-powered offense. Yeah, that high-powered offense that Lamar Jackson brings to the table cannot be on the field with this dude running amok on you like this. I mean, he's literally falling forward for three or four yards. It's a problem. It's a problem. And they're committed to him. Yeah. The Patriots stopped, uh, stopped him at the beginning of the game. They slowed him down at the beginning of the no. game. No, 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 no. He peeled off nine or eight the first. <laughs> oh, first I, I mean, come on. I mean, come he on. off eight or nine. But he was, at, for the first quarter, I think, at, at first he was averaging like seven or eight yards a carry. I was like, ooh, this is Uh-oh. about to be crazy. Uh, well, yeah, pardon me. Yeah. But uh, but my point was is that they stuck with him. When it worked, yeah. when it didn't work, they knew it was going to work. And they controlled the game in that sense. Now, the thing that I would see Harbaugh being able to do, because this Harbaugh is actually the better coach in my opinion, but what I see this Harbaugh being able to do is figuring out ways to use his running game via Ingram and Lamar Jackson to set up some of these fast scores 
because that's what they need. Yeah. They need to play ahead here because if you get down to the Titans, you got problems. Now, would you kick? You can't get the ball back. Now, if you're the Titans and you get the, you win the toss, would you kick it or receive? I got to receive. It's best it's yours to receive. yours offer. <laughs> exactly. Mine to receive. I receive, take up a good six minutes in the whole of the first quarter. Yeah, because you know, the sideline. Because Vrabel gave Belichick the Belichick this time sure in, a, in a couple of ways. So what he did was that he actually gave uh, he 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 decided to kick. Yep, he decided to kick off, and then he exploited that loophole in the rules to run the, the clock down. Which I was surprised that the the Texans and them didn't use the next day. Me too. Hashtag hashtag. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was really surprised. I was surprised by that because they needed it. They did, and they, and they didn't use it. And um, but Vrabel came with a great game plan. He followed through, and if he follows the script again, I think that they can beat the Ravens. Literally, because and the Ravens have a problem because they're soft on the run. Yeah, they, but but if you throw the ball, they got hawks out there. Yeah, but the problem is that you got to play for the run more. Than, <laughs> than, do it. I know it was good enough to put yeah. the ball where it needs to be. I was having a discussion with a couple of cats and just talking about that because you look at the Tampa Bay, remember the Buccaneers? Do you even remember the quarterback, who the quarterback was when they won the Super Bowl? It was your boy, right? Yeah, that's not his name, no. Trent Dilfer. <laughs> yeah, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> yeah, but you had Mike Allstott, you had Warwick Dunn. Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about just punishment, punishment a, a pounding running game. Mike Allstott used to pound the ball. Come on, man. Wow. You know, and all the – Down the Raiders. You're talking, you're talking about the Giants back in the day. They had Joe, and then Joe the Moores. Uh-huh. And you have Joe Moores. You have, and the Titans' defense is not great, but it's good enough. And it makes it even better when most teams have to play from behind. They got – Adoree Jackson, they do. All star Adoree Jackson out there. I'm not going to say, see him in the league. I'm not going to say that the Titans are going to beat them, but it's going to be very, very hard for the the Ravens to beat them if they give him the ball 30 to 34 times. You have to even look at it clockwise if with him touching the ball that many times. I'm very interested to see. That's that's the game to watch, and it's coming on Saturday too, which I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming on Saturday. And another thing that's impressive about this weekend is that we have, I think, four black quarterbacks playing this weekend. This is when the you can see that the league has changed and the style of play has changed. And honestly, I got to give John Harbaugh a lot of credit for going away from Joe Flacco and having the vision to say, no, I'm drafting young and I'm moving my team towards this kid and turning the team over to him and letting him fail in the playoffs last year and the whole song and dance. It's something and this- about this kid's character struck him and said, no, he's going to make the adjustments. And Lamar Jackson went in the offseason. He heard all the criticism and he figured he went to the lab he and he, the lab. he figured out a way to tighten his game up to the point where he was unstoppable this season. I mean, Wow, what a season. He he broke Michael Vick's record, Russian record. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty, you know, they were talking about him not being accurate before. He's very accurate this year. Yeah. I think uh, he was the number one quarterback this year. Patrick Mahomes was number two, and Drew Brees was number three. And low-key, the only person that was higher QBR rating than all of them was Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> At the end of the season. <laughs> when he, when yeah. he finally got to play. Of, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, That's because of that monster running game. I hear you. But, but let's stay on course with these games. Get on course. Uh, you know what? I saw what I've seen before with Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, which was greatness. He was great at Clemson with Dabo Sweeney. Right. And he's a winner. The kid did one of the most impressive football plays ever when he broke that tackle. Unbelievable. But you could also see that Buffalo gave them the game. Buffalo wasn't ready to win. Buffalo wasn't ready to win, but they got jobbed a little bit with that that blindside call. Terrible call. Took them out of field goal range, which they were in line to kick a field goal to win the game. 
and that nobody's making enough a big enough stink about that because right. when you go back and look at that blindside block. It was not blindside for one. <laughs> for first and foremost, one blindside. And second of all, he didn't really the guy. He didn't he didn't lay he didn't lay him out. He didn't extend, and the man was running toward him. It wasn't exactly. blindside. Exactly. I can't do anything if you're not looking, even though you're running towards me. But Josh Allen fell apart. Josh Allen fell apart. The pressure was, and it's a great learning experience for him. He's going to be. I think that kid's going to be great. I do too. I think he's going to end up being great. Uh, but back to the to the black quarterback, you look at it, if you remember, and I know you do, for the longest period of time, it was all about, oh, the black quarterback can't read defenses and he can't throw and that's why he runs. It's a lot like what they say in baseball with the black catcher. You yeah. hardly ever, when's the last time you've seen a black catcher? Was it Charles Johnson? CJ. Yeah. Got him a couple rings. Yeah. But they don't feel met the homie. Met the big, he's a big dude. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's, uh, the homie just chills down in Miami. Nice. That's the homie, yep. Yeah, but when going back to the uh, football, is that they don't feel they never felt like the black quarterback could read de- defenses, or whatever. Let me tell you something: as an athlete, you do what you do best, and if and <laughs> you do what you what you practice, exactly. So you can't stop it. Why am I changing it? And now we're looking at Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, uh, your man Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson, the goat, <laughs> all playing this weekend, and it's you know. You don't necessarily need to keep saying it, but it's also something that needs to be said, especially in light of right now the NFL doing all of this faux Rooney rule hiring practices when it comes to head coaches. And Eric Bieniemy standing on the sideline licking his chops. Been waiting. Yeah. Been waiting for his shot. And he's been having dominant uh, the team that he controls. Uh, it, it, offensive squads have been putting up numbers. And I heard a pundit saying something about which I really didn't care for was – that he needs to learn keywords and the phrases to use in meetings. So basically, you want him to start being dishonest. <laughs> Just say whatever the, uh, the the owners or whatever want to hear instead of him giving his own idea of how he wants to execute his game plan or how he wants to coach a team. And they, they're they saying that keywords are key going into having these um, interviews. Man. Yeah. It's unfortunate. There's actually a, a GM plot line for that on the show, Ballers, uh, when I went in for the job and had to restart because I had those keywords and blah, blah, blah. And it didn't work as well as when I decided that it was, you know, I just need to be me that I got the gig. Unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily work out like that in the real NFL all the time. Um, but staying along the lines of the games, Seattle did what they were supposed to do against Boston, against Boston, about uh, thinking of that kid, Boston Scott against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's beat up. Carson Wentz was the victim of a dirty hit by Jadavion Clowney. I don't care what that nobody's say. talking about. Nobody's talking about it except for Chris Long, by oh, the way. Oh, Chris oh, Long on Twitter. Great. About it all the time. Yeah, because that was very Raider-esque. That was very Raider-esque. And that helmet, was helmet, helmet, helmet to helmet. Exactly. Helmet to helmet, 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 helmet. helmet to helmet while the quarterback is going down I'm already going behind down. his head. And then people have the nerve to act like Carson Wentz did something wrong. Yeah, he He's did. Soft. I got knocked out. <laughs> I forgot. I'm got sure. Protocol, boy. Exactly. I'm sure that he didn't go into the game thinking, man, I can't wait until I get hit in the back of my head Ooh. by Jadavion Clowney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't cool. That wasn't cool. But Russell Wilson was going to beat them regardless. Um, and the kid, DJ Metcalf, DK Metcalf is starting to look like the potential of what they said he right. was going to look like. Marshawn Lynch looked good. And honestly, they're my pick. They're my underdog pick this weekend. I don't believe in the Packers they may win this game because Seattle isn't full manned fully manned but I don't believe their best bet is keeping the ball on the ground 
and they're a better team when they keep the ball on the ground than in Aaron Rodgers' hands. But I just don't believe, and also Russell Wilson played in Wisconsin. I don't think he's going to be intimidated by the cold or the stadium or anything else. I am concerned with DK Metcalf dropping passes in the cold. But I think, I think Beast Mode and Russell Wilson, you can count on. I don't know if I can count on Beast Mode because he hasn't been in the elements, but I do feel like this kid is riding, DK Metcalf is riding high off of last week. So I, and I that have, matters. Uh, and that matters. I have confidence in DK moving forward. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think they can hold him. I don't think they can. Nobody really can hold a kid that's that fast and that and big. That big. <laughs> you know, he's, he's <laughs> trying to hold him on Madden and see what happens. Right. He's basically Derrick Henry on as a receiver. As a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to beat. And I feel like if anybody's going to beat the, the Packers up there, it's going to be Russell Wilson. But they have to the, – the Seahawks beat up too. I mean, the Seahawks beat up. They, they shouldn't win. No, they shouldn't win. But I believe that they will. But Russell Wilson can win. And that's all up to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not a great – I'm not a big-time Aaron Rodgers fan like everybody feels like he's one of the greatest of all time and all that kind of stuff. I think they go too far with that because – when it comes down to it, I agree with you. They need to run the ball. If anybody hasn't recognized, it all comes down to the run in the playoffs. If you can't run the ball, establish the run, and keep it going consistently, then usually you're going home. Dalvin Cook destroyed the Saints. Destroyed the Saints. <laughs> Let's speak on that. He killed the Saints. The Saints had no answer. Although I will say this, the defense showed up. There was a couple key plays where the defense actually showed yeah. up. Yeah, they had, they had a couple of stops, but, man, the dude ran amok. He, he ran, ran amok. He ran amok. And he and, took and, the ball and, and, out of the hands of Drew Brees, just like Derrick Henry took the ball out of the hands of Tom Brady. Well, I disagree. Both of those old guys didn't look great. Right. And Drew I, Brees looked like he tricked the game off personally with the with the, the loose having the ball loose. Yeah. And, and what it seems to me that happened with a lot of these guys, like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they, it seems like they felt like the game should have been theirs. It should just been gifted to him instead of them and actually refused to give the ball to Alvin yeah. Kamara and they gave that ball to Alvin Kamara I think 15 times what are we doing what are we doing I know he's not a power back but he's once, an effective back but he's an effective back you got to figure out a way for this guy to touch the ball close to 30 times a game yeah and it's going to change the dynamic and because you can't guard Mike because and you you we already know that <laughs> well I then forget about the kid the the, the kid uh what's his name Zach the oh uh, uh, uh Hill uh yeah uh, what's the guy Jason 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 Hill Jason Hill yeah yeah, they didn't use all of their attributes, and this is leading a lot of people to say that Sean Payton needs to go because he has one crowning achievement, which is he won the Super Bowl in 2010, which is a huge crowning achievement because not many guys can say that. He's the Mike Social of, of, of football. In a certain sense, 14 years with Drew Brees or whatever it is, you got one. And he's supposed to be the great. Drew Brees has the numbers to say that he's one of the greatest of all time as well. He does have those numbers, and I, I won't dispute it. Drew Brees oh. will air you out. I, you know, and I got terrible clock management. Terrible, <laughs> poorly played. Poorly played. Overall, it was just a bad game. It was a bad, you know, and and, and even though to me it seems like they thought that they should just have it because they were due last year and they're at home and they're at home now and we have Drew Brees and you guys should give us this game and the Vikings are like no I don't really think so now when we come down to it I really don't feel like the Vikings are going to be to beat the Forty ers this weekend because the Forty ers are at the house. The 49ers have been – they got healed up. They're hungry. And they're hungry. And the 49ers were the best team in football all year. Yeah. And not only that, the Vikings got beat up this weekend. They did. The wild card game, it's so hard to make it as a wild card. you got to be a great team to get there as a wild card, which is why I would say of these wild cards, Tennessee has the best chance of getting there. Yeah, because, because everybody can jump on uh, Derrick Henry's back. And they're the most uh, healthy at this point yeah. of the wild card teams. But I'm going to tell you right now – What you got, Rundy Piper? I believe that – Pat Mahomes and I think it's finally Andy Reid's time. I think Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Texans. 
I don't think Andy Reid finds a way to lose like he normally does. And I think that the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. I would be surprised. I can't not they beat they beat the Ravens already this year. Yep. They can actually beat the Ravens. They can actually firepower for firepower because what they do have is a more complete team to me offensively because everything depends on Lamar Jackson running that football and for see, them. And in that, I feel like Lamar Jackson has taken all of the air out of the room in the sense that he gets all eyes on him. It's all the attention right. as far as the press in the league. People have forgotten how great Pat Mahomes is. Yes. Pat Mahomes is a stone-cold winner. and he has- He's Russell Wilson light. And he has weapons. He has, yes. They gave him some tools in his tools. Yes. So now he has what did they have? What did you go to? What did you say? He got 90, 50, 40. He does. He got Travis Kelsey. He got Travis Kelsey. Come on, man. Sammy Watkins. He got the the homie. Uh, Will Yums is uh, pushing the pill now. Damian Williams. Yep. You got yeah. Damian Williams out and there. And LaShawn McCoy. And you got Shady that'll give you some yards. Still. Yep. I mean, come on. And we haven't even got to uh, we haven't even got to the QB. And then besides that, what they do is is what you said, and it's absolutely true. They play from ahead, which makes their defense way better. And then when you got to go, the, now they're I think their pass defense is like number six or seventh in the league now, which is crazy because Kansas City has never been known for defense, right? They're known for airing you out. Yeah. But I think the 49ers are going to put it on the Vikings. I think they're too excited. They, I think they're too – they believe too much. Their defense is real, and ultimately they get pressure with the front four, which is just like having the big running back. It is historically a nightmare. If right. you get pressure with the front four – I don't have to blitz. I don't have to blitz. I can control the run. This is a problem. This is a problem for, for opposing offense. They actually have the number one defense in football to me. I agree. I, I know when, that when you when you take the eye test, they yes. have the number one defense in yes. football. Yes. I mean, because they have a decent safety, they have nice cornerbacks, they have a nice middle linebacker, they have, you know, a nice front four. And that's what you need. They can control the line of scrimmage is big. And I think that this game I, I know that some people might feel like it's gonna be a shootout, but I think that this game's gonna all be about all about field position and stuff. And uh the 49ers have three good running backs, which people don't really talk about. Yeah. They have three above-average running backs. Yeah. I mean, Matt Breida, Mustard, and freaking – who's your other man? Tevin Coleman. Tevin. Yeah. Wow, I'm reading – the reason I pause on you right there is I'm reading some information that just came out that back in boxing, Artur, uh, Artur Berbiev is not going to have to choose between his IBF title and his – WB. And conventions. Oh, nice. And convictions. Because the group that was along with Rock Nation did not expect to win the purse bid, and mm-hmm. they actually failed to make their initial deposit. They defaulted. They defaulted, giving top rank control the bout with their second place bid. So they intend to stage that bout on March 28th in either Moscow or Quebec. That's outstanding. Look well, at just, God. Yeah, and look, look how it um, puts Rock Nation out there because Rock Nation is basically putting up a bunch of bogus bids just to be in the game. I don't know how that works. You can't bid on something if you don't have the cheese. That's like me going to a, a, a – I can go put in a bid. I, 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 yeah, anybody. I can go put in a bid. Yeah, I'm going to give you guys uh, 55 million cent. <laughs> can't do that. I mean, you got to have the cheese to back it up. It's time to make that deposit. Money's a missing. Wow. Wow. Uh, anywho, we got our NCAA college expert on the line. Do it for the tipper. And he's talking about Dabo Sweeney's Clemson Tigers and what they're going to do to stop Broadway Joe and LSU. What do you got for this coming up this Monday night for all the marbles? You know, I got Dabo Sweeney and those Clemson Tigers. Um, we're going to say 34-25. We'll give them a nine-point uh, victory over them LSU Go Tigers. 
um, just going to slow Broadway Joe and them down. It's like, we're going to run the ball. I'm saying we, like, like you know, because I'm, I'm Tigers all the way. But uh, we're going to slow them down by just running the ball and taking the ball out of Broadway Joe's Heisman's hand. And um, eventually we're going to end up pulling it off. But it's, it should be a great game. It should be a great game. And uh, for the past three, what, four years, I've been rolling with Clemson Tigers, even with Deshaun, number four, Watson, who's playing with the Houston Texans. Um, just like the, the program that Dabo has built, them kids are playing hard. They go into the league. They stay in three and four years. So I think experience pays off for Dabo and the Clemson Tigers to, to pull it out this weekend or on Monday. Well, we saw the experience play out for Deshaun Watson in the NFL just this past weekend when the moment was not too big for him, when it was too big for Josh Allen. I want to give you another shout-out. You had love for Skulltech and the Minnesota Vikings for that dub. They pulled it out despite the push-off from Kyle Rudolph. What do you see happening this weekend with 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 the Skull heading up to Santa Clara? Push-off. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. Why you got to be a push-off? You 6 If it was the homie Luther and they threw a fade pattern, and you extend your arms because you know maybe you, he was too far up under you. Are you going? Is, is is that a touch or is that a, a offensive pass interference? I would what hope. I would hope that Brad put enough air under the ball so that I wouldn't have to push off and I could just extend up and leap. But if it was you right now, if you was Kyle Rudolph and you went up to go get that pass. My leg is crooked, truck. I don't even count no more. Is, is it offensive pass interference? And I told you, I told you, my leg is crooked. I don't even count no more, so I can't be the one. <laughs> All right, I guess you laugh at your boy. That's messed up. Big victim. If, if, if your leg is crooked, you always gonna have two feet in bounds. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he like his own material. Y'all gonna get ran this weekend anyways. What you got up in San Francisco? Man, this is gonna be a crucial game. So, them boys is up. They're giving them seven points. I need Kirk Cousins. I think just stats alone, as far as Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, um, Davin Cook, and, and Stephon Diggs, we have enough to shut down Frisco and just to come out with the win, I'll say well, about six points. I think we can come out with the win. Um, again, experience. Mike Zimmer, um, he's proven. He it's not when when we lose, it's pretty much off of a field goal, snap, cold weather, or something. But hey, we going to the bay. The weather should be all right. So I think that the Minnesota Vikings gold class is going to pull it off, and not going to be no bang bang Niner game this weekend. Sorry, Bay Area folks, but. I'm going. I'm taking it to the true north. I'm going to with Minnesota. Oh, wow! Impressive. You want to be yeah. purified in the rivers of Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> Most right. Of <laughs> <laughs> he up there trying to get Apollonia. All right. Well. Thank you for your analysis. We will check in with you after the Monday night game and uh, see where you went right and where you went wrong. Do it for the tipper. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I was on you. Have a blessed one. I'm out. Peace. Some nice analysis there. And a nice upset. The game that everybody got wrong, he got right. Sure did. So I came front on him once again. You can make some good money. Fool him with do it for the tipper if you want to bet his picks. He's been doing it all year. He's been doing it for several years. Uh, and then want to move into finally in a game so fine. It's played on diamonds. 
the hot stove is popping. You see, Mookie Betts just set the record. 27 mil. No uh, warranty. <laughs> the arbitration, <laughs> he got it done. He broke uh, Nolan Arenado's record last year at 26. Why they just won't pay him long term, I don't understand. This is like basically like a franchise tag in football. I don't understand why they were even considering trading him. Why? Uh, because Mookie Betts is not the problem. Exactly. Mookie Betts is never the reason you guys don't win. You not need pitching. Time. You need pitching. You need pitching. And you can't depend on Martinez like that. I mean, Martinez is good, but he's a compliment to Mookie. It's not the JD, other. JD, you talking about? Yeah, J.D. Martinez. So you can't. You can't. Without Mookie Betts in the lineup, J.D. Martinez is not going to be the same J.D. Martinez. You need him. You need Mookie to make J.D. Martinez more successful. I agree. And it's on display. And it's not It is not the other way around. Mookie is going to be successful anywhere he goes. He has speed, it's power, and, and he, contact. Yeah, and he hits for average. And he can play defense. And he's got great, crazy defense. Got yeah. crazy range out yeah. there. So I'm happy for Mookie. I think when Mookie's deal gets set, Mookie should be right there with Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Even though there's a $100 million ocean between Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. Mookie needs to be in the middle or on top of because he's as good as anybody. Go look at his numbers. Mookie Betts is real. Yes. No two ways about it. Lindor re-signed. I'm surprised because there was a lot of hot stove talk about the Dodgers with Lindor coming here to L.A. And he re-signed with, uh, with uh, Cleveland. He went uh, arbitration route, I do believe, and picked his up for 17-5. Uh, Chris Bryant came up with eighteen six. Trevor Bauer came with a deal with the Reds for seventeen five, and uh, Marcus Simeon and the A's got a deal. So things are getting done. Last year it seemed like there was less and less the stalemate all the way yeah. up, up until spring training. But I don't understand. And some people even past spring training, right? But I don't understand why any of these teams are like Francisco Lindor. Why would you trade him? It's for the beginning of the year. You know, you're sabotaging your your team, your organization. He is an, an elite shortstop. They don't grow on trees. Why would you trade Francisco Lindor? How can you get can anything by that? Yeah, how can you get anything back Better equal than, value? Yeah, you know, I'm, for the next ten years. Yes, and also Pittsburgh's at it again. They they avoided uh, arbitration this time with Josh Bell, Jameis Talian, Michael Feliz, Chad Cool, Joe Musgroves, and Trevor Williams. All because, and all of these guys should pay some sort of thanks at the very least to Garrett Cole because the Pirates realize how they messed up with Garrett Cole, so now they want to pay guys. They're still getting over. Yeah. Last season, Josh Bell slashed 277, 367, 569 with 37 doubles, 37 homers, and 116 RBIs in 143 games. Right. And they're paying him $4.8 million this year. That's a still deal. You want still deal? Oh, man, a still deal. <laughs> 2.25 for Jameis Talion. Uh, 2.8 for Joe Musgrove? What? Yeah, well, either way it goes. I'm just, it just blows my mind. Well, it shouldn't blow your mind because the Pirates aren't going anywhere, as there usual. You go. Because you pay for what you get. There you go. But, but the amount that the pitchers are being paid over the everyday players is just, I just can't get over it. Yeah. I, I just I, don't I, understand. I don't understand that. That's every five games. I'm producing every single game if I'm a good, you know, everyday player. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, and I mean another great deal's going down. Look at this, Tyler Glass now just avoided arbitration, and and he's getting paid two million dollars for for this next season coming up. Whoo! Wow, that is still he's on sale. Markdown two million dollars. Come on, man. He's, Tyler Glass now is going to sign for three hundred million dollars <laughs> eventually. That's I mean they can't this justify is crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know about the that CBA. That CBA is CBA ain't right. CBA is a little funky. Yeah. That's so funky. You have to say, ew. Robbie Ray is good for 
And Jake Lamb got his cheese. Jake Lamb got some cheese. <laughs> Jake Lamb good for some cheese. They don't want to. They didn't want to go to arbitration with Jacob. Wow. I don't know if Jake Lamb has ever played the full season. No. Braves. Did, wow. Today's one o'clock deadline really made a lot happen because people got signed. Fulton Awitz got him some cheese. A rise from five point four million to six point four million. Dansby Swanson got his bread. Even though he's oh he's got a major like life changing wow look at that his salary went from five eighty five five hundred eighty five thousand to three point one five million oh man that's awesome yeah good for him Adam Duvall's going from two point eight to three point two five on the front end oh the homie Camargo got chipped up I like Camargo Johan yeah I like Don Johan oh man anyways I do believe that the uh, I do believe that the Reds are going to be a team to watch this year coming up. They're making some signings. And you know what? Even though it seems like the, the curse of Mark shot is real, they're picking up some serious talent. They have some talent over there. They but talent. I mean, what Trevor Bauer is going to show up? That Trevor Bauer that they traded for couldn't even play on the, the Reds, you know, the Reds at the park. <laughs> <laughs> he was terrible. And that's hard to say about Trevor Bauer. I don't know if he was tipping his pitches or what's going on, but he came over here. I don't think his ERA is around six. He stunk up the joint. He stunk up the joint. Well, we're going to leave you here, folks. Thanks for rocking with us. Next week, we're going to start our series of having more and more boxers, more and more talent on the show. And uh, you got anything else to add? No. I'm going to leave you with a quote. A quote from Shane Parrish, which is, Trying and struggling looks like incompetence right up until the moment it looks like success. Keep at it, folks. Whatever you're doing, give it your all. We're all in this thing together. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights.